Welcome back to another episode of the Balance of Sam podcast. I am so, so happy you're here. My name is Sam, if you don't know that already, and I'm going to be giving you mindset shifts to lose weight so you can become the most confident and unstoppable version of yourself in work and life. Seriously, I'm just going to be giving you doses of realness and reminders of how badass you already are. And so I'm really excited that you're spending time here and I appreciate you and love you so much. Now let's dive into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. Today, I have Lauren D'Agostino, an incredible new friend, a chef, an author, and just a wonderful person that I had the pleasure of meeting through a community of people that were interested in really just becoming magnetic and manifesting the life that they want. So hi, Lauren. I'm so excited that you are here and welcome to the show. Yes. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Oh my God. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know you, I, I, who knows, like who knows, who knows you, I would love for you to dig in and just kind of share a little bit about yourself and, um, and then we can kind of dig into story. Yeah. Sounds good. So I, um, help people fall in love with vegan food, um, through my work, of course, as a chef, but also through my philosophy around what, a vegan lifestyle can be. So many people think that it's not flavorful, that it's really restrictive and not fun. And I have to tell you, I'm having the most fun ever living in this lifestyle. And it's, it's such a joy. It's like this orgasmic thing to love plants so much. And I just, I just want to share that with as many people as possible. Um, and I think that's a really different perspective um, that you don't really see too much in kind of the health focused world. So, um, so that's the place that I'm coming from because I have fallen so in love with it myself. Um, and so you mentioned the, you know, magnetism and I'm finding that that's really coming from that place of joy and love is what's really catalyzed my career and all the opportunities that are coming to me now. So, um, in addition to being a chef, I'm also an author. My cookbook was just recently released, Plant-Based, Vegan, and Gluten-Free, Cooking with Essential Oils. It's not a very sexy title, but it's straightforward. It's the I point. love it. Like yes. me. Um, <laughs> so that's really exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, and so in the book, I talk about um, different essential oils you can use in your kitchen. And of course, they've got to be a safe variety, um, you know, a safe quality to consume internally. We can talk more about that um, later on. Um, so in addition to the book, I help people discover plant-based vegan food and wine by offering these really fun, happier hour events. So like your soggy, tired after work, happy hour, and we up-level it, right? Really high vibe, plant-based vegan food. Everything's gluten-free as well. So it's a perfect fit, you know, for any of your friends or coworkers. And then I pair the food with clean crafted, chemical-free, vegan, organic wine, which is like so fun. People are always so blown away by how pure and delicious these foods taste. And then also how they feel, right? You don't get those headaches. You don't get those weird lingering aftertastes in your mouth. You feel amazing, you know, a couple hours later and the next day. Um, and that's been super fun. And then I'm bringing that experience as well as my really big love for plant-based food to um, the retreat space, which is really how Sam and I kind of hit it off. Um, so I support um, wellness retreat leaders, either in the yoga space, meditation space, um, in the spiritual community, business coaches, creativity coaches, those sorts of folks, um, by providing the in-house catering for their retreat experience. So Sam and I are going on a retreat within, kind of within the local um, Boston area, almost 30 group and the To Be Magnetic Unblocked Village community kind of brought the two groups together. Um, and so we're going on a retreat in April, which is going to be so fun. So I'll be cooking there too. Yes, I'm so excited. And that's, yeah, like I, I would love to dig into your story a little bit more, but just for context, you guys, like Lauren and I met through a very like random way. Like she had posted in, we're both part of this Facebook group of people that are following Lacey Phillips. She has this program called To Be Magnetic and it's um, a manifestation practice where you kind of observe your limiting beliefs 
you say, okay, these things aren't serving me. I want to kind of reprogram them and rework them and change my beliefs and therefore change my results. And so we were in this shared Facebook group together and she had posted in there like, hey, I'm going to be hosting a retreat, looking for other people that could contribute something and like a pay it forward model. And I saw it and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to see what it's about. And literally that's how we met. And now we're going to be working together and hosting this retreat with a bunch of other like badass women um, that are doing this like great healing work. And like, that's how we met. And now we're connected. And it's like the power of just letting opportunity, like inviting opportunity into your life and knowing that like, it's all around us if we just look for it. Um, and so I remember when I found you, I was like, this is so fun. And so <laughs> I wanted to have you on because well, I loved your energy. And I also, I loved your like mission in that you're so passionate about something that for me, like I love eating food is food, but I love you. I love hearing you talk about what food can do for like a space or for the body or like how it makes you feel and thinking like, yeah, I like wine, but like it always, it doesn't really make me feel that great. And like you talking about like, what if you could have wine, but it made you feel good. And I'm like, Oh, so cool. Like, you know, so I want to ask you like, what, how did you get into this space? Because it's a very, it's a niche. It's a very like vegan, gluten-free, like high vibe cooking with essential oils, like all these things. Like how did you land here? And if you want to start back from, you know, like teenage, whatever, like however young that means, I would love to hear like, Uh, oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a very windy path. Um, so I have always loved to cook, um, to bake really from when I was a kid. Um, and you know, after school, I used to come home and scoop myself a huge bowl of ice cream covered with sprinkles. And I would watch the food network for a couple hours before starting my homework every single day, right? Like I, I had the three or four people that I loved to watch um, and, and then would, you know, go do the rest of the things I had to do. And that along with reading cookbooks cover to cover, like they were novels were definitely mm. two really important seeds that were planted early on. And I gravitated to that just because I loved it. Like there was something about reading a cookbook or watching these shows that like, I don't know, it was like feeding my soul or it was like, I don't know what about it was so comforting to me or just so like sparkly with possibility for the future. So I just like tuned right in, right to those, um, to those things. So going forward though, from that, that was about middle school time frame and high school too. Um, but when it came time to make the decision of where to go for college, I got really scared uh, to commit fully to a culinary program. So I actually went to UMass Amherst very general, like lots of opportunities there, different major choices, of course, which is really why I, one of the reasons why I chose to go there. Um, And I went through the business program, but again, you know, like got, got my degree in management, business management, right? So just like a very vanilla degree, right? Kind of to stay on the food. uh, Vanilla bean degree. (laughs) Right. Yes. So, uh, so I, I mean, even still going through that program, like I was of course so interested in this, the hospitality thing, but I just never had that confidence to pursue mm. that fully at that time. Um, I had to go through a lot of other things, um, in terms of growth as well, you know, like kind of figuring out what kind of friendships were good for me, what kinds of, like, I always had this habit of choosing toxic relationships and friend groups because I wanted to be approved mm. by people who I either admired or thought were attractive or seemed like the cool people or like whatever. Um, you know, so like I would, I would over drink, I would, you know, X, Y, Z thing when you're, when you're in college and exposed to all of those things. So, um, so after graduating college, I worked for Kohl's department stores, managing one of their stores um, for a couple of years and it was fun and I was good at it. Could have had a career in retail for sure, but my heart felt dead. Yeah, And that's really the only way I can describe it. Um, And it really hurt me to see the amount of products, clothing and otherwise products that came through our doors and went out our doors. Like it just, it was really overwhelming. Um, And that experience, I think, really planted the seed for what I'm really going through now, which is like an intense minimalism, right? Like trying to live with less really realizing that I don't need physical things to validate, you know, that I'm successful or to, 
to comfort me, you know, any of that. So, um, so anyway, I realized that I didn't want to be in retail anymore. And just before the Christmas season, right. Talk about like the worst time to quit a, <laughs> to quit a retail job. Um, I decided I needed to take a break uh, from that. And so I started working with Whole Foods Market um, in the bakery because I, I was going to go to pastry school at Le Cordon Bleu. Had no bakery experience at all, um, except for like a little sandwich deli and catering company that I worked for um, when I was in high school. Um, so I say, okay, I'm going to learn how to work in a bakery. And I chose Whole Foods because I loved uh, you know all they were doing about sustainability and healthy eating. And it just really appealed to um, appealed to something inside me. Um, and I thought it would be a good bridge going from clothing retail to food retail without really jumping into like a 4am work shift in a traditional degree. So, um, so I worked for Whole Foods while I went through pastry school, um, which was a really cool experience. And then towards the end of the program, I actually got accepted into a Disney college program. Um, so I worked for Disney world for a little while after that was over. And that was in 20, 2015, I think I moved to Florida mm-hmm. for the program. Um, I worked in one of the resorts and it was really eye-opening. You know, high volume hotel baking is no joke, right? You're making hundreds and hundreds of the same thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was really interesting. And I loved being in Florida. I loved this newfound freedom that I had. had. It was the first time that I really ever moved away, far away and was really on my own. So when that program was over, um, I said, well, gosh, I'm not going to go home now. I'm just going to stay and figure out what I'm going to do and, and just enjoy, you know, living here in the warm weather. And, and also, um, so I went back to work for Whole Foods Market this time as their cake decorator. Um, and then I found some other jobs, you know, waitressing, um, and like kind of what we were talking about before Sam, right. Where you just fill your schedule to its max capacity and you're like, whatever, I can just sleep for four hours a night. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I did that for a little while, um, which totally bit me in the ass. I had bronchitis for like five months, which was horrific. My rib cage was so sore and anyway, the coughing was like, was violent. It was, it, it hurt so badly. And so, um, so talk about a rock bottom, right. We were just talking about Lacey's work. So, um, so that for sure was, was a health rock bottom, which kind of prompted me to, to take a look at what I was really doing. Right. I was, I was working as a cake decorator, which I, I loved initially, but started to wear on me physically as I really pushed myself to my limits, you know, producing something like 60 or 70 cakes at least a day. Oh my not, God. not taking a lunch break, uh, you know, eating eating cake scraps and coffee for lunch and restaurant scraps of soggy French fries for dinner. Uh, so I just wasn't taking care of myself, um, and I don't know what I was trying to prove or to whom, but um, it really it took that that bottoming out to to be able to find some clarity. So I. I started exploring other other options. I kind of came to the realization that I needed to change my diet to go back to some kind of form of vegetarianism. And I went super, super slow with it. So I first eliminated red meat because I didn't really eat much of it anyway. And that was like a gimme. That was super easy, right? To just let go of that for me. And then after I was comfortable with that, I I then eliminated chicken and other meat. And then after that, it was fish. And after that, save the best for last, right? It was dairy, <laughs> dairy and eggs. Um, but I, I was really graceful with myself in that process because I knew it was something that I wanted long-term. I had been working with a couple of vegans who I really admired. They just had this glow, this like really beautiful energy about them. They seemed so happy and so in love with why they chose veganism. So I, and I just knew that I wanted that, um, so that's why I was I was slow and graceful. And now when I when I talk with people, I I mention that because I hope that it can help them and it can help them reframe the idea of a lifestyle shift. That it is, you know, it's going to take time, and it's okay that that it does. Um, so along with that, in that time, I I can only describe this as divine intervention. I had a dream about this company where I saw their logo. I like kind of saw about the work that they were doing. And so the next day I got on my computer and just did a search for it. I had never seen this company before ever. It was a juice bar and kitchen space. And so I said, Hey, I I like what you're doing. I'm curious. What do you do in this kitchen space? Like what's, what's your food about? 
So they got right back to me. I said, oh, you know, are you hiring? I would love, I would love to learn from you guys or contribute my pastry experience and whatever. So, you know, a two hour interview later and I'm hired. Uh, And so I worked with them. Uh, It's Pressed Juice Bar and Kitchen down in Florida in the Orlando area. And they opened my world up completely. Um, I mean, talk about a huge pivot into the work I'm doing now and being exposed to the really, really easy and flavorful and colorful, vibrant recipes that they were making, the juice cleanses they were selling, all of that type of stuff. Um, It was phenomenal. And I would have stayed there with them, but I realized that I didn't want to live in Florida anymore. It was too flat. The summers were too rainy. It was too hot. I just like (laughs) had to get out. And by that point, it was like two and a half years and I missed my family and and all that stuff. So, um, So I said, I'm going to come back to um, to Massachusetts where I grew up, um, and just kind of reevaluate and and get collected and see what part of this experience of finding myself in Florida, what part of me still needs to be found and how can I create a sustainable career that I'm totally in love with. And so that's kind of where I am now. I'm just over 30 and a half, um, years old. My birthday's coming up in May. So I love love that you said that. (laughs) Well, I think it's important um, for people to realize kind of where, like, the perspective I have on everything now, and and it's important, right? Like, that's why you ask for people to share their story so that people can get a good idea of, of how I got here, but then also to define, well, where is here? <laughs> so 30 and a half gives people a good idea, right? If you know anything about a Saturn return, um, you know, or, or kind of any of those things, Um yeah, 30 and a half, point six or seven would be more, more like it, but <laughs> I love it. And so now you, you just describing that whole story, the, the place in which you've arrived, you know, like currently today, um, what does that feel like compared to your past, you know, Whole Foods, the pastry school, Disney, all the things like, what is yeah. that contrast like? Yeah, it feels surreal. Um, it feels like I wouldn't have believed this version of myself if I had told my past self that this is where I would end up or that this is how I would feel so lit up by what I get to talk to people about. Um, and when I'm talking about the food and my food philosophy and, and all of those things, it's like, it's not even me who's, who's talking. Like I'm amazed sometimes at the things that come out of my mouth that I really just am a conduit for, for this perspective. And it, it comes out of someone who looks like me or, you know, is into the things that I'm into. Um, I don't know. So it, it just feels, it feels right. Um, it feels sparkly and shiny and like all those beautiful things. Um, yeah. And I'm super grateful, but it took a lot of work. So (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel like, even your energy now, right? Like the way that you're talking about your current circumstance compared to your past, it's like, there's a different energy, right? And I, I can almost see like alignment of you did take a windy road and you took a lot of detours and all the things, right? But that's like the spiritual curriculum you had to, you know, take in order to be ready to do the thing that you're feeling called to do. And like without your business school, without Disney, without Whole Foods, without like press, without all of these things, like that's your, re- you know, like that's like your life resume. And it's totally. so beautiful to, to hear like that you didn't, you didn't know like you're going to be doing this right now, but you were just like, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and trust that it will find me, you know, and I will come back to center and like find myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had a lot of good mentors along the way. Um, kind of what I was up to once I moved back to Massachusetts, I, I transferred with Whole Foods into a position that really was not a good fit for me, but it gave me kind of a career rock bottom where I could have the time and energy to find something else that was a good fit. So I went through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition's health coach program which was incredible. And then I started to really think about, well, do I want to be a health coach? I'm not really sure, but it got me at least to start to do some networking, to connect with some other people in the space, find out what their story had been and what kind of work they're doing now. So I connected with one woman who has been such 
an angel <laughs> in introducing me to some really cool people. Um, and so she invited me to a networking meeting um, where I met someone who I ended up working with for a year to help her get her vegan cafe open. I worked with her as the chef consultant um, in writing the menu and the recipes and, and getting her all set really from the back of house kitchen side of things. Um, to get her her vision off the ground because she had no restaurant experience, you know, no um, kitchen organizational skills, and and really the know how to create a system that's easy for other people to plug into those production roles. Um, and so once that work became really routine and mundane, was kind of when I I made my exit over the summer um, and transitioned into what I'm doing now with the private chef work, um, which is is maybe not a space I would have chosen as my destination, but by way of all of those steps that I mentioned, it feels like where I'm supposed to be specifically within the high vibe retreat realm. And so this, the woman who owns the cafe, Misty, she had all sorts of things to say about food and, and the prana of food. And she introduced me to all kinds of books and like all she's very tapped into that world and working so closely with her for a year really shaped, shaped the person that I am now, the, the chef that I am now. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just been a trip. (laughs) And oh my gosh, I'm so in terms of what you're doing right now, and then we can kind of work backwards from there, but like, what is your like day to day or like, you know, like what are the exciting things happening right now for you? Like, I'm so curious to know, like what chef life is like, cause like, (laughs) but it's like, you know, I just do it to stay alive and like eat, but. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so right now it looks a little different. There's definitely much more business structure tasks happening, right? Like really setting. And it's funny, like I can feel I can feel like the pot of water is about to come to a rolling boil, right? To just stay on these food metaphors. But I know that to build the business, the extremely successful and profitable and scalable business that I know I can build, I've got to almost take a pause to make sure I've got all of the right pieces in place, right? That I understand fully my bookkeeping process, my invoicing process, my contracts, my terms, my my offers, my all that stuff's got to be tightened up. So I'm taking myself to business camp next week where I've not got any calls or any anything booked. And I'm totally focusing on that because I feel that it's so close. It's like right under my nose that all the right people who who are looking for a retreat chef partner or who are looking for a high vibe plant-based caterer for their very unique event, they're starting to, to find me. And it's really, really cool. Um, but so often as an entrepreneur, you know, you feel like you're juggling not only like balls, but you're juggling like a ladder and like flames and <laughs> all, like all sorts of stuff, right? Like, you're like, oh, my leg's on fire. My <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so it's really important to me to stay grounded in this entire process um, and to just be able to love the whole process, right? Like I do not want to burn out again. I do not, I, I just, I don't want it to, to get away from me. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, you know, like all of, all of those things. And um, through the cafe that I worked with, um, one of the co-owners is now a very good friend of mine, but he always used to say, you know, when I would drop things in the kitchen, he would always used to say, it's because you're not grounded. It's because you're not grounded. Or, you know, like he just, he really introduced me to a lot of the things about astrology and, um, you know, understanding my, my energy in relation to that. Um, and so I'm, I'm just a lot more mindful now of those parts of myself that are kind of part of this, this blueprint, right? Even incorporating like human design and how can I use that to understand, how I need to make a decision when someone's asking me for a proposal for their event or Mm. when someone's trying to negotiate a price with me or, or, you know, whatever. So using those spiritual new age modalities to understand myself better as an entrepreneur and what's going to feel really good for me have been huge. And I think I'm only just at the beginning. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but 
when you started talking about your story and you're like, in my twenties, like I was doing all these things, like searching for what I wanted. Right. And it was like this space of like searching for that outside of yourself. Yes. And now I'm hearing like, you are really just turning inward and being like, I get to create that. Is that an accurate, like, is That's that absolutely shift? accurate? Yeah. And so there's another story that really helps to illustrate that, that comes to mind. Um, but quickly I'll say, it's so true what they say that, that all your answers lie within, you know, and like, there's even kind of some, some anecdotes that they'll say about the creation of, of humans that, you know, they said like something like, oh, and you know, all the answers that they might ever seek, like, watch this, we're going to put it inside each of them somewhere where they'll never ever think to look to find it. Right. Um, so, so the story that I'll share kind of with, with how I, I did the 180 turn from outward to inward um, is that when I was 25, I kind of had hit, I guess, another rock bottom, maybe a social rock bottom, but I used to, I mentioned, you know, the drinking in college, like most American college students go through that phase, right? Um, but I always used to participate um, or drink far more than someone my size should because I wanted to keep up with everyone else. And so it, it led to a lot of alcohol poisoning and I used to throw up a lot of my sleep. Oh my which God. Can be, I mean, that's the way that a lot of alcoholics die, right? They choke on their own vomit. So, um, so kind of by way of, of like just feeling really ashamed and like I had really disappointed the people who love me. And like, I just am so grateful that nothing tragic happened, but it really shook me to my core that I have to take another look at this. Like, why was I drinking? Like I, I wanted so badly just to be still approved by people when really the whole time the approval had to come from myself. So I took a five-year break. I didn't drink a single, a single thing. Um, and that was really important for me to really get comfortable being sober, being myself and to get comfortable being myself. I had to find out who that person was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so then shortly after that, I moved to Florida, which was perfect really in hindsight because I was in a place where nobody knew me, mm. right? And there was like, I could be myself and they didn't know. I mean, I was finding out who that person was just as much as they were. Yeah. Um, but it was a really, yeah, it was a really beautiful time for, for self-discovery. And I think so many people, I mean, some of my friends to this day still, like they just, I fear that they're defining part of themselves or their social life by this idea still that they have to go drink 47 beers a weekend or like all the rosé they can find or something, you know, I'm like, wow, it's, it's just really interesting. So, so removing that from the equation was super helpful. Um, and I've met a lot of people who, who are starting to do that very thing. Um, and I know it can be hard, but it was really, really worth it for me. Yeah. I think that brings up such a great point that like, you know, like you, you talked about moving to Florida, right. And like almost recreating yourself. Yeah. And you know, for people that like, if you guys like can't move States, like you can still do things to shift and you can recreate yourself like tomorrow, right? Like there's going to be a lot of, you're going to feel a lot of judgment. There's going to be a lot of things that shift, but you don't have to move across the country to do that. Although that makes it easier because you have a whole <laughs> new environment, of course, but it just goes to show you like you can change at any time if you want to. Mm-hmm. And it's like so powerful. And to see you like owning your shit, like owning who you are and the truth of who you are and like how you're serving people is like so beautiful. And I want to just like acknowledge you for that. Because, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think like, having the journey that you have shared with us so far, it's really powerful to hear like you hit a lot of bottoms, you know? And it's like, it's so easy for someone to be like, oh, like Lauren's a chef and an author and she does retreats and does all these things. And she's always been that way and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait, (laughs) no, that's not, no. Like success doesn't happen like that. Although it's really easy to sometimes get caught up in that comparison-itis and like just think that, I just got there one day, you know, I just, yep, I got it all planned. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, totally. And I love, I mean, the, the versions of myself that went through all that hard shit, that, that Lauren is delighted that I get to share those parts in, in these conversations. Now that I'm at, in this new place, like I, I want to fully acknowledge that Lauren who used to sob on the floor, not knowing you know, what was going to happen next or like was 
questioning every every scary decision or those big jumping off the cliff moments, right? You know, I, I have to honor that process. I have to honor that version of myself, you know, when I was a kid who who used to play restaurant and serve real food and garnish your macaroni and cheese with fresh parsley and like all of that stuff. Like I have to I have to incorporate and include all of those versions of self because because they've shaped who I am. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of cool and maybe like a little schizophrenic to think of it that way. But like we really are the culmination of all all of the different iterations of our personality that we've tried on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just been super cool. So, so anyway, I feel, I feel now like it's the most fun to be myself. Uh, I don't want to be anyone else. Like I just, this is, this is awesome. You know? Oh, that's, that's like the best. Oh my God. Yes, girl. Yes. I'm celebrating the shit out of you right now. <laughs> that is so great. I don't want to be anyone else. Like that's how it's like so freeing to say that and yeah. mean it. Like, like it's the coolest thing that I get to be me, you know, that I get to, I get to choose, you know, I, I can have fun with everything I do. It's something I was thinking about recently, right? When someone someone knows you're going on vacation or you're going to a birthday party or these events where it's acceptable to go and have fun. And so they wish you, right? They say, oh, have fun on your trip or have fun at the wedding this weekend or whatever. And so I I thought about that once and I said, no, fuck that. (laughs) I'm going to have fun always. I'm going to live in fun. Yes. And and so that's that. Uh, And part of that comes from someone who I used to work with in Florida who is definitely one of the people who's left a huge fingerprint on my life. Uh, he's an, an older guy from Puerto Rico and he spoke, you know, broken English, but we used to have the best time and he would dance and make jokes and laugh. And just every day that he was, that he was at work with me was, was fun. And so just witnessing that yeah. and seeing that that was possible, right? I mean, talk about an expander, someone who's not really, was not related to me at all. I mean, what would we have had in common besides that job? But I knew we were meant to cross paths in that moment for this reason, for me to bring this, this concept of creating a fun career and a fun life. And I hold the power to do that. Yes. Just oh. like, wow. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. That's like my motto. I have like this vision board in front of me. And fun is like the center of it because I seriously believe like when you have fun, everything else gets better. Like when you don't take life so seriously, it's like, oh, actually like, it's not that bad. It's not that scary. Um, like I can just like jump up it. Like I'm on like a bouncy ball right now. I'm like, I, how can I infuse more fun into the things I'm doing or like the conversation or like, you know, like, it's like, I just want to be a kid. And it's, it's crazy that like, for a while, like, I didn't allow myself to have fun. Like, I took it so fucking seriously. Mm-hmm. I took my Same. work so seriously. I took myself so seriously. And now I'm like, no, I am crazy. I'm like the emoji that's like the smiley with the, like, it's like hanging out on the side and the eyes are all like <laughs> wonky. I'm like, that is me. That one and like the girl dancing. Cause like, I'm always yes. moving. But, like, <laughs> And and it's amazing that like hearing that from you too, like that's why we're connected, you know, like we totally. are on that same like fun energy and it's like, fuck yeah, like that's what life's about. Like having fun and doing things that you want <laughs> and like yeah. light your soul up. Mm-hmm. So, oh yes. So exciting. Oh my gosh. So kind of changing gears a little bit. I want to hear a little bit about something we were talking about before we started and you had talked about being in, um, like letting go of a, a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. And I know like you've taught, you've kind of touched upon like your social rock bottom, your work rock bottom, um, some other like health rock bottom. So would you mind like sharing a little bit about that? Cause I know it's Valentine's day today, you guys like we're <laughs> this on Valentine's day. So love all the love. You won't be hearing this for a little, a, a few weeks out, but still, um, I would love to dig into the topic of love and, and relationships and what that looks like for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the last relationship I was in, um, was with someone I met in Florida. Um, and we met working at a restaurant we were both serving at. Um, and at the time, you know, being introduced and it's like the, you know, the butterflies were there and all of, all of that stuff was, was kind of there in the beginning. Um, and looking back on it there, there were for sure some 
red flags, but some things that, um, that I was okay with because I was, you know, kind of living in this space of unfamiliarity. And I really, I wanted something or someone that felt like home. Um, yeah. So, so, and, and I'll say just quickly on some of the red flags right away was that I had to pay for a lot of things if we ever wanted to, you know, to go on activities or go to do, you know, go on dates. It's like he would pay sometimes, but I was finding myself contributing more than the 21st century woman might expect or put up with. Right. So, so that was a huge theme going forward into our relationship. So, um, can I ask, like, did you feel like when that stuff happened, like what feelings did that bring up for you? Like, were you just like paying for like a lot of stuff and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt kind of like obligated to pay. Like, I don't know. I, I think I kind of had it in my head that I didn't want to be wined and dined prior to moving to Florida. I had been kind of courted by some people who really liked me and who really had the capacity to wine and dine me. And they were glad to do that. But I just wasn't feeling that chemistry, that energy that you know, that you can't explain, but that, you know, needs to be part of the equation. Right. So, um, so I, I remember declaring that mm-hmm. and then I, I kind of like had enough. I'm like, you know, like, I don't want to be wine and dine. Like I, I just, I don't want that. So sure enough, <laughs> yeah. that's the relationship really that manifested. But prior to the beginning of this relationship, I had kind of been seeing a couple of different people. And, and I said, no, you know what? Like, I'm going to take a, a pause on like all of this stuff from like ended it with, you know, the multiple people that I was seeing. And I'm like, I'm just going to be by myself. I'm going to like work on myself for a little while. And then a couple of weeks later, Kyle and I started dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was good in the beginning. You know, we would go and do things. We would look for free things to do. Like I wasn't exactly rolling in the money. I mean, I had a one bedroom apartment to myself, was working two jobs, like craziness. Um, and then he ended up moving in with me sooner than probably was healthy. Um, his apartment lease ended, um, and he didn't want to renew with the roommate that he had. He couldn't afford to live by himself. So I said, well, this is, you know, just kind of a friend helping a friend, like you can stay with me. And so he moved into my apartment, which was totally full of like, not in a hoarding way, but like, it was very cozy for one person. And I really needed that, right? Like we, we touched on minimalism in the beginning, but I really filled that apartment from a space of lack, like really lacking that feeling of comfort, you know? So I had all the little knickknacks and all the, like, he always used to say that it was like a dollhouse living in that apartment that he was too big for, for the space. And really it was just designed for one person. So, um, anyway, so we're living in Florida together and, um, I decide a couple of months before my lease ends that I don't want to renew. Like, I don't want to look for another place in Florida. Like I've got a going back to Massachusetts is what's best for me. And before reaching that decision though, I had a ton of, you know, like fits of anger and rock bottoms and just like being super frustrated with, with various jobs and people that I knew from those jobs. Um, so that's really what led to removing myself from that situation to just come back move back in with my parents, be, you know, be back here in Massachusetts again. Um, I kind of just like center, right. And, and get grounded. And so you were still with him at this time, right? Yep. So he moved back here to Massachusetts with me. Um, and I should mention too, for everyone without going into too much detail, he is from Michigan, um, and had a lot of emotional family childhood baggage. Um, baggage that he was always really open with me about, but that, um, but that he wasn't really dealing with, especially in the back half of our relationship in as serious or fast of a way as I was really doing the work to discover where my blocks were and what my story had been and, and all of that. And so that's one of the big reasons why, um, why ultimately it, it had to end. So so we moved back here to Massachusetts to stay with my parents um, because he didn't really feel like it was safe or a good idea for him to go back to Michigan where he's from. Um, so he came here with me, got a job, um, you know, after a couple of months. Uh, it, it just never, 
he always had these big dreams, I think, like in, in searching for like a huge paycheck. I mean, he wanted to play professional football. He wanted to be an actor, like all these things that are like a one in a million shot kind of thing. Right. So part of me wanted to stay with him to, to be that support. Yeah. Get there. Right. And, and that's kind of where I lost myself in someone else's dream or in taking care of someone else or in really wanting to be the person who could hold space for someone to deal with all their shit. It got to be too much for me to, to hold though. And, and kind of towards the end, I kept having those moments of, of what I can only describe as like pure rage, like for no reason. And that's always when I know that there's something in my life that needs to end. And I had this when I was in the career rock bottom, I would have the meltdown and the health rock bottom. Like I I just know now that that's my pattern when I feel that anger, like anger is not a normal, it is an emotion, but it's not, I don't think that it's something that we're supposed to feel. I think it's, it's something, it's like a switch that flips in us to help knock us back into something that's aligned. Right. Yeah. I think I, I would like to say, like, I feel like it, it's a, it's an emotion that happens and it's a reminder of something off, right? Like I wouldn't say it's not supposed to happen because I actually think it's important. Like without that, you wouldn't have had the trigger of like awareness to change. So there's a place for it, but it's, it's not ideal, of course, to like get, have to get to that place of rock bottom before you change, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those that when it presents, you know, that, you have to take it seriously, right? You have to like, okay, like, what is this about? Like, something's right. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, he he just he always was kind of lost on the career or the life purpose kind of kind of thing, and I was working like hell to find what mine was, um, and so it it almost became like a bit of a not a turnoff, but like it it almost just. I just like didn't have that like heart like desire like uh, yeah I don't know how yeah I guess that's the best way to put it um so I had gone uh out to Nantucket to teach with the culinary center there and while I was there um I mean not only did I have the best time I went by myself um not knowing I mean I think I knew like one person on Nantucket when I went who was actually my pastry chef instructor yeah um which was so awesome to see her again but anyway so I'm I'm there and um I get connect reconnected with um with what was a very good friend to me during that health crisis in Orlando and so we're kind of kept getting caught up and and I end up coming back to the mainland, as they say, those island folks. And, and the following weekend I'm working, I work part-time too with a wedding catering company. And so I'm working up at this beautiful venue on the North shore. And the only thing, right. I'm like working at this wedding where it's like love is in the air. And the only thing I can think about this voice that just keeps repeating itself in my mind is you need to break up with Kyle. How are you going to break up with Kyle? Like you've got to get out of this relationship. It would not stop. Oh my God. What was coming up for you? Like besides yeah. the voice, like the emotions. Yeah. Um, it was scary. It was something that I kind of knew. Sorry, there's a weird glare. Um, something that I knew was, was coming. Uh, but I, I really wanted to leave enough space to let the relationship run its course. And I think being removed from it for, I mean, I was gone for like five days, I think, um, when I went on this trip and, and that was the time that I needed, um, to just discover what it was to breathe again, to feel, to feel like the weight of that energy was, was gone. Um, and then, you know, kind of from there, I still was sort of questioning because I had learned, you know, part of the process of, of meeting people and being in any relationship with people is that they're, they're in your life to reflect back to you what you are projecting to the world or, you know, kind of like to be that good mirror. Right. And so, so I would, I would walk that line though of, well, is he still supposed to be a mirror or am I supposed to say like, that's enough, you know? So, so the last couple of months of the relationship were, um, were a bit of a seesaw honestly. Um, in what way? 
just in, in that internal debate, you know, it's like, okay, well, what things about this relationship aren't serving me or what things do I love? Like, can I still really give it another chance? Do I, like, can I continue to help him? And ultimately it, it ended up just being that I, I just couldn't, um, it just got too heavy and I got too tired of, of having to support him in the way that I needed to, um, because I was, I was all the things, I mean, he didn't really have any friends around here or, um, close relationships with family, like nothing. So I, I wore all the hats for him, um, which was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And he taught me a lot though, in our time together. Um, and we were together, I think for a reason and, and all of that. Um, but ultimately, um, I knew it had to come to an end, especially after learning um, through Lacey's work how connected love and money are. Mm. Um, and so, so learning more about that really was um, was kind of the last little push I think that I needed um, to just have the courage to have that conversation. Which, when it came up, that was not my intention. Um, you know, it just, it just kind of came out, um, because I, I just couldn't hold it anymore, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, and it was, do you mind a, asking, do you mind sharing like that, com- like you said, love and money, like, was there a certain conversation around one of the two that prompted? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we always knew that if, if we weren't going to work, it would be around money. Like, and I, I mean, I, I grew up with a, what I would consider like a normal upbringing, like definitely not very affluent, but more, more affluent than his upbringing. And so he never felt really comfortable in what he would consider my world, like around my family or my friends or any of that. Um, So long-term it's like, well, you know, is that really, is that really practical or, you know, we, we couldn't live in a bubble, just the two of us for the rest of forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had lived that way for quite a while in Florida and kind of, you know, transitioning back to, um, Massachusetts for me. And that was a new space for him. Um, but the conversation kind of just came out. I mean, I had to then go into work <laughs> that evening. Like oh I was like, Oh my God, this is the worst ever. Like not the timing that I intended, but it just, it, it came up because, because my heart just couldn't, couldn't bear the pain of seeing him suffer in the ways that he was suffering. And then just knowing like energetically what, what it was doing to me and feeling, feeling like the potential inside of me, like pulsing kind of like, just like really wanting to, to be realized. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I just knew that that was the was kind of the the pin that needed to be removed from the um from the situation to really just allow that all of that energy that I was leaking in trying to support someone who couldn't even really support himself and so now that I've been able to put all of that energy into myself my business my mission it's like delicious opportunity after delicious opportunity is coming up and it's it's pretty remarkable and it's only been I don't even think it's been six months yet wow oh my gosh well I want to acknowledge you for your like that's that is brave like it was yeah thank you it was not easy (laughs) yeah and like I mean brave courage like all the things and that is like that's so hard you know like I think it's so it's funny like to talk about it after the fact right and you're like yep I did this thing and now I'm here and it's like oh but like all of the like nights that were super fucking hard or like the conversations that you couldn't have because there was a different relationship or like then still trying to manage a business like out of the relationship and like do all like still be a human functioning while you're hurting it's like that's fucking hard and it doesn't get talked about yeah yeah, totally. And I think the only way that I really was able to recover from it so quickly was because I gave myself the time to be sad, mm. to grieve it, to feel it, to, you know, to whatever, all of those things, right? And not in, you know, like downing pints of Ben and Jerry's and boohoo me, all of that. But I really, I let my heart hurt and it was okay that it hurt 
you know, and then, and then it got easier and easier. And I started to find more of those things that I love. I started to fall in love with other things, with myself, with the business I was building, with the food I was creating. And so now having the opportunity to share that love through food is, I don't know, I think the coolest thing ever. <laughs> That's so beautiful, Lauren. Oh, I want to just give you a hug. Like, <laughs> it's so, so like, I think encouraging for everyone listening to, to, to see that you have had a rock bottom every part of life. Yeah. And you've really built yourself up from that. Like, that's an, inc- you have an incredible story that. Oh, is, thank like, you. <laughs> it's so inspiring to, to hear that, right? And then you truthfully, like, living out your passion and, like, serving from that place of love, like you talked about, you know, like, be, because you have filled up your own cup so much in all of these areas of life that you're so full that you just want to share. And, yeah. like, yeah. I can, I can feel that from you. Yeah. And it's so funny. I do like, I share with everyone with the poor person at the post office with the gas station attendant. I mean, anyone I'm like, Oh yeah, by the way, my cookbook just came out or like whatever. Like I, it's so funny. I just am so excited about everything that I'm into. Um, I could talk all day about it. Yeah. Oh my God. So I want to know, like from your perspective and like everything that you've been through, if like someone listening right now is in a place where maybe they feel stuck in any of these places of life. What is something that you did to help you make a shift? Like maybe right out of your rock bottom or I don't know, like amidst that journey. Do you have some advice for people that are feeling like icky or stuck? Yeah. um, I think so often when we're in those places of rock bottom, we feel like we haven't done anything with our lives right? Whether it's career or with your friends or love or whatever. So something that's helped me, um, which was a suggestion that my parents gave me actually, um, was to sit and write all of the things that you had done recently. So I did that career wise. I did that, you know, like all the things, all the trips you took, all the, the friends you made, all the awesome memories you have, all the jobs you held, And so in writing all of it down, I realized like, oh shit, like I've done an awful lot of things more so, and you know, not that, that I'd encourage people to compare themselves to other people, but so often we go to that place anyway. So it was really helpful for me to find grace for myself, to look at that list and, and understand why I was doing that to find myself, to try like hell to find that thing that was meant for me, which really was inside of me the whole time. But then just kind of in looking around to the people that I knew, it's like, well, I don't know a single person in my peer group, in my friend group, who's doing this. And sure, everyone is on their own path and everyone has their own things that, you know, that nobody else sees, right? But um, but that was kind of a cool, a cool shift to say, like, hey, like you're doing something that's kind of amazing even though it looks really, really ugly right now, at least you've got the balls to try. Yeah. Right. And it's, it was ugly and it was like all of those things. Right. I mean, I, I cried a lot (laughs) and I was frustrated a lot. Um, but there were also some really beautiful moments in there. Um, so that would be one thing that, that definitely helped. And then, um, another, Another piece that has helped, which Lacey talks a lot about um, in the 2B Magnetic community, but is the idea of finding a bridge or an expander or like something to get you at least one half a step, baby step closer to whatever the thing is that you think you want to be doing. Um, Whether it comes from that place of, for me, it was, you know, needing some quick cash before the cafe opened. I went back to work for a wedding catering company that I worked for when I was in pastry school. I'm like, Hey, I know you're coming to the end of the season. Do you need any help? I need some money. What can we do? And so now I'm working with them, learning how to manage events, learning the sales role, like all of these other things, this experience now that I'll use when eventually I have my own maybe retreat center or, you know, something like that. I don't know. Or, or there are a big restaurant group. So maybe there's the capacity for some sort of plant-based 
idea or a restaurant that they might have, you know, like you just never know what, what opportunities are there until you start to try to find the thing that, um, that's meant for you. I don't know. My, my whole career has been a lot of trying on different things. Um, see it's funny you say that because I think like when you were talking about like all, like watching all the shows and reading all the magazines when you were little, it's like, that was your first experience of expansion. Totally. Oh my God. That could be me cooking. And it's so cool to like, for you guys that like don't know the concept of expanders, I think I've touched upon this in, in a few previous episodes, but you know, like, like Warren was saying, looking at people that are doing what you might want to do and just like seeing what's possible there. Because I, I heard this quote, it's called, it's, I think it's something like you can't be what you can't see. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. And it's so simple, but so deep. Like you don't know what's possible then you can't do it. Like you won't be able to do it because you don't even know that it could happen. And I know for me, like my most powerful shifts have been when I've met a, a new person or heard a new perspective or heard someone's story. And I'm like, Oh shit, you can do that. Or like, I could do this or that's possible. Yeah. And, and really having that like aha moment of, Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And so often, at least for me, and this is another shift that I'll mention. um, I always used to see those people doing this thing that I felt like I could do and I would be intimidated or like threatened by them, right? Like I would see them being successful in it and I would think, oh, well, there's someone already doing it. So there's no room for me or, oh, you know, someone beat me to it or whatever. But the reality is, and kind of what you said, um, about, I think maybe before we started recording about abundance and there's just, there's truly enough for everyone um, because everyone has such a unique perspective and a unique story. And that will resonate with the people it's supposed to resonate with. And it's, sometimes it's got to come from a person who they feel like they vibe with, right? And so what a disservice I would be doing people who need to hear things from me if I kept my mouth shut, I mean, talk about heart and throat chakra opening. Like I'm fully like shit's going all crazy, but it's in like the most beautiful way. And I never felt, I never felt that connection with the heart and the throat before. I think now that's why, that's why it flows so freely now. Mm. Um, So food for thought. That's beautiful. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Oh my God, Lauren, your story is so so inspiring. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, I, I want you to let that land because I think it's beautiful. And I, I know that like everyone listening is going to be inspired by all of the things that you've overcome. And truly you've turned that into like your mental armor to like, you know, go through the rest of your life, like doing this thing and letting it evolve and just like trusting that you can do it because yeah. you built up all of that kind of confidence and self-belief in that all the stuff you've gone through. So I'm giving you a big hug. (laughs) I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Um, So as we wrap up here, I would love to know, like, what is something that you want to share with everyone listening that feels like your legacy or the thing that you kind of want to leave behind? Oh, yes. Um, Definitely the idea as uh, is food as self-care right? We have the opportunity three times a day, some of us more than that if we eat more than three meals, but we have the opportunity to either choose foods that build us up or break us down. It's, it's truly that simple. Yeah. And, and so often we outsource that powerful knowledge, right? That, that thing that we all know inside of us, you know, again, to talk about intuition, but we all know what foods feel good for our bodies and which foods don't. And you don't, you don't get to discover those unless you give yourself the time and the space to really detox from all of the things that are in our Western diets. Right. So, yeah. So it's, it's important, I think for people to truly be an experiment for the food that they need to eat to sustain their bodies to build their best life, you know, their physical body, their space to thrive. Um, So that's, you know, the food I prepare is 
the best expression of myself in its high vibe vegan gluten-free form um, for every person. They don't need to be both of those things, but I don't think that the person who says that they need X, Y, Z thing, I don't think that they really have the right to say that unless they've done the work to live without that thing for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then really felt like that was true in their intuition, in their body system, their unique ecosystem inside of their, you know, their skin suit. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they've earned that right to declare that or to believe that until they have that experience of experimentation of, is that really true? Um, so I don't know. So flirt with plant-based food, flirt with veganism, right? Like everything should be fun. It's so fun. It's so easy. It's like just saying that more and more yeah. uh, has contributed hugely to to the attitude and the mindset I have about things now. Um, I love it. Oh, perfect. Well, okay. We're going to, we're going to go into a fun and easy uh, questions round at the end and it's going to all be about food. Perfect. Uh, so just kind of like a, you know, not round Robin. What's the, what's the like back and forth type of question? It's like uh, the buzzer, like, you know, like I ask you answer, boom, boom, boom. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> all right, cool. So what is your, um, what is your favorite food Ooh, right now? Oh, okay. Um, what is your favorite ingredient to add to a meal to enhance it? Ooh, kelp granules. What? Kelp granules? <laughs> kelp granules. Yes. It's how, so, okay. In New England, right? Everyone loves seafood, clam chowder, all that stuff. Yeah. That's how I do that vegan thing within those flavors. Kelp. So oh, super cool. All right. Um, if a food could be calorie free, what would it be? Ooh. Mmm. Almond butter. Mm-hmm. Same <laughs> Um, is there a food you hate? I don't think so. I mean, except for the ones that I don't eat anymore. Sure. But I don't think I hate them. I just don't have space for them. <laughs> yeah. I like that. The weirdest meal you've ever created. Ooh. Oh, I made a taco pasta one time. That was sort of fun because um, I didn't have taco shells, but I had pasta. <laughs> You're like carb for carb. That'll work. Yes. That's awesome. Um, favorite meal to cook for others? Ooh. Um, something I know they'll enjoy. And I know that's not really a direct answer, but I always loved to show love through food. So whether that was making someone a cake or cookies or whatever, and now of course it's plant-based vegan, kind of a healthed up thing, but um, it's just whatever's special, whatever I know that they'll like. Yeah. I love that. Um, And do you have a funny story of a cooking incident that went wrong? Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So. so, (laughs) Okay. This is how we're ending. So this is the best. Oh, good. So (laughs) I, one of the shows I used to watch as a kid was 30 Minute Meals with our friend Rachel Ray. Mm-hmm. That was like the first show she ever had, right? And so she made one time these portobello mushroom burgers mm. with this like balsamic mayo, this like whole thing. So, right. So I print out the recipe because that's what you used to do yep. from the computer. And then so I have the recipe printed and I'm cooking and I left an ingredient out. I don't remember what the ingredient was and it probably wasn't a big deal, but I was so upset with myself, like, like furious. Right. So I write in huge capital letters on the top of the page, Lauren, do not ever make this again. <laughs> like, So <laughs> mad at myself, like couldn't believe it. Um, and so it's funny now, I mean, portobello mushrooms are like one of my favorite foods and it's, it's just a breeze that, yeah of cooking I do now doesn't even really lend itself to leaving ingredients out because you taste as you go and all of that. But, but that was another really pivotal seed that was planted of having that experience of feeling so, so like incapable or, mm. um, incompetent to, to execute that recipe. Uh, okay. so I don't know. Yeah. Just sort of a funny, it's one that sticks out in my memory. Yeah. Like it being the end of the world. You're like, I fucked yeah, up the mushrooms. Literally. And it was just mushrooms. Like, and they were fine probably. Right. But, uh, it's funny how dramatic our ego is, you know, Seriously, I know, I know. That's great. And now, now you love portobellos and 
Hopefully yeah. I'll be able to eat some portobellos with you when we're on this retreat together. Yes. Yes. I will have to do those because they're so good. Oh, I'm so excited that we are connected and that you were able to come on the show and I get to share you. And I, I'm sure that everyone's really going to like resonate with your story. And I just want to say thank you and just show you so much gratitude for like being here and welcoming, welcoming your story to us and just being vulnerable. I really appreciate it. And, um, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to hear and be part of. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was, it was my pleasure to share. It was so fun. Amazing. Um, for everyone listening, where can they find you and what are you up to? Yeah. Um, my website is laurendagostino.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at chef Lauren D'Agostino. Um, you can find my cookbook on Amazon, search my name or the very long unsexy title of plant-based vegan gluten-free cooking with essential oils. Um, I can hook you up with essential oils, with the clean crafted wine, um, whatever other awesome things you might. I am totally going to have to get my hands on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally going to have to get my hands on some of that wine for sure. Cause I love wine, but I hate how it makes me feel the next day. So totally. yeah, well, it's not you girl. It's your wine. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's such good news. I'm like, yes, you're going to, yes. so you have to send that to me and I'll put that in the show notes for you guys. Um, um, oh, oh, awesome. um all right. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for taking the time to be on. And I'm so glad to have, to have you here and, and just share you with everyone. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And I will talk yes. to you soon. Thank you. You okay. too. Bye. Bye. Alrighty, that wraps up another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and a huge shout out to Warren for sharing her story. I think when we hear of someone else's rock bottom in all of the parts of life, it gives us permission to have those really low lows. I know for me, when I'm in my low, low, low states, it's feeling really just isolated, right? Like you feel like you're the only one. And I think that Warren's story is just a testament to the fact that we all have those moments. And the more that we talk about them, the more that we share them, the less shame and feelings of being alone there are. So if this episode helped you, please take a screenshot, share it on your story, tag me, tag Lauren, um, or send me a DM and let me know how this impacted you. I can't tell you how much it means to me when I hear from you guys. Um, and if you haven't already, head over to the iTunes store and give me a review. Give me some stars if you do love the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. And I love you and I cannot wait to catch you on the next episode.